Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Well, it's lovely to be with you um, this morning and uh, to be starting off this mini-series. Don't worry, it's not on iPlayer, but you can catch it up on their website, I'm sure. Um, My name is Jane Peters, for those that um, don't know me. And I'm going to be this morning looking, (coughs) excuse me, at this passage in Ezekiel. Now, (coughs) I'm a little hoarse this morning, so bear with me because I'll be drinking lots of water. But I was so relieved uh, when I came in and uh, Trev, who was just reading the lesson, said, oh yes, we're, we're reading Colossians. I think it was Colossians or Chronicles which gave me a little moment thinking, oh my goodness, I know I don't read my emails, but I'm now slightly worried. But we are definitely in Ezekiel. And we're going to be focusing, really, in this mini-series on water, that living water um, symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be reminded again of the importance of delving into God's Word and our need for His presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit to empower us and to enable each one of us to live for him. So why don't I just pray as we start and just ask for God to come and use the words from this passage uh, to speak to each one of us. Heavenly Father, we just pray now that the words would speak to us about you as the living water in our lives. But Lord, more more so, we just pray now that you would uh, give us hearts and minds that are open to hear you for your spirit to work in each of our lives, to touch on those areas which are dry and perhaps where we feel spiritually dead. Amen. So I am preaching as much to myself as I am to you this morning because this topic really and this uh, passage really spoke to me um, massively about my own life and my own spiritual journey. But by way of introduction, uh, do you know a lot about water? Well, I I know I drink a lot of it. I wash in it. My children occasionally wash in it. And uh, it cleanses and it, uh, you know, we've got rivers and et cetera, et cetera. Now, don't try this at home. But did you know that a person can live for 60 days without food, but can't survive longer than three days without water? I don't think I could do either, actually, but anyway. And then we're supposed to, according to the Department of Agriculture, to consume 2.7 litres of water per day. And I'm slightly worried that why the Department of Agriculture is telling us that. Not quite, maybe the NHS, maybe. And did you also know that when we feel uh, dehydrated or get dehydrated, those initial feelings of thirst soon subside, and you no longer want to drink. I think it's a real spiritual message there. The signs of dehydration are not very pleasant. Weariness, fatigue, dry mouth, lips and tongue, among many other things, of course, that we're not going to talk about on a Sunday morning. We need water to live. Now, in this passage, 
Ezekiel, it's all about the vision that God gave to the prophet Ezekiel of the living water that flowed out of the temple and across the land and which brought new life to where it was dead. Now, we've got to remember, and I'm a geographer by background, and I should have known this, really, but that Jerusalem doesn't have any rivers or major streams that go through it. The country is dry and semi-arid, and water is a really precious commodity. So the context for this passage is really important. And I'm going to give you a whistle, and it is going to be a whistle-stop context, okay? So are you ready for this? Lots is left out, but I think it gets us to the place where Ezekiel found himself. No timeline, just the headlines. So, do you remember? God delivered his people from slavery and established them as a nation. Then came the judges, then the kings, as the power of Israel grew. Jerusalem was established as a city with a temple in the city where God was felt to be present. Their power as a nation really started then to weaken because of their sinfulness, and the nation was divided. The northern king kingdom fell to Assyria, the southern kingdom was overcome by Babylon, Jerusalem is taken, and the temple is destroyed, with the nation being taken into exile. And this is where we find the book of Ezekiel was written during Ezekiel's captivity in Babylon. And it's here that Ezekiel is wrestling with how on earth did we get here? But how on earth could things be restored? Where was hope? Ezekiel is envisaging a time when God will restore Israel completely and bring life to it. And that's where we get to the start of this chapter 47. Now, being a geographer, I've got to talk in geographical terms. We talk about the source, we talk about the course of the river, and we talk about the distribution base where it finishes up. But when we think about the source at the beginning of this chapter, at the beginning in verse 1, we have this image of Ezekiel the prophet meeting with the man, who we're assuming is Jesus, at the temple and water is flowing out of it. Now, that must have been quite a surprise, as as we said before. There are no rivers in Jerusalem, and of course now there is no temple. And yet, here in this vision, we have the source, that Holy Spirit, like the river coming directly from the throne of God. And we see when we think of a source, that beginnings of new life, the importance of how that source then grows and grows, bringing vitality and freshment, and for those in arid situations, hope and security for everyday living. And what we see also is that in this New Testament, we see how the image of water is used as an image of the Holy Spirit, and rivers of living water representing the Holy Spirit's presence and his power poured out on Jesus' followers. So that was the first part, the source, in those first verses. And then we kind of move on into the the course of the river. And we can see in verses 2 to 5 how Ezekiel was brought outside the gates and enters the water, 
as the man measures with his line along its journey as the water grows deeper and deeper. And we can see that it started initially as a trickle. Then it grew deeper up to his ankles, then his knees, and up probably to his waist until he was completely submerged in it. But the important part for Ezekiel was that he wasn't standing on the bank watching everything that was happening. He was an active participant in it. It wasn't something he was just thinking about or looking at. It was something he had to enter in and not be a bystander. He's not standing on the bank. He's fully committed and immersed in the water. There is no paddling for him in the shallows. I think even at this point in the, in the passage, there's a, a, a spiritual analogy for us, this picture of increasing growth and depth in our spiritual life and a call to go deeper and deeper with God. Deeper with his spirit, deeper in, our wor- in, in the word and the understanding of the scriptures. This progression from the ankles to the knees to the weights to the waist to the depths, where you can no longer touch the ground and you must swim, that call to go deeper. And it did remind me of a a time when um, we were on holiday with our family and our daughter Zoe, she was about three, three and a half maybe at the most, and she desperately, desperately wanted to get into the big pool. Okay, but they didn't allow children with armbands on. They didn't, they just said, no way, you're not allowed in there. You're too little, you've got armbands, you're not allowed in there. So if anybody knows her, you can see exactly this is what she would do. So she took her armbands off and she jumped into the deep end. Now, she couldn't swim, but she could then. She threw herself in, completely unabandoned and without any security. Now, I am not saying, children, that you should do this, or parents. But that kind of analogy of just throwing himself in, throwing herself in. And, and Spurgeon saw this spiritual analogy between the life of faith and swimming. We begin by floating in faith somewhat passively, just maybe keeping our head above the water. But that as we go deeper, as we exercise those limbs, as we trust, we progress to swimming by faith. And then this other part of the passage that goes on in verses 6 to 10. So Ezekiel is back. He's taken back out onto the riverbank. And he can see how the waters of life have transformed everything. Can you imagine? Have you seen those geographical kind of images? Those, uh, I tried to do this, but I have not got the technical know-how of how to slice a small video to show you what happens in the desert when the heavens open and new life emerges from years and years of dryness and barrenness and we see shoots of life. And this is what Ezekiel was seeing. On the banks of this arid land, everything was transformed. There were trees, 
and fruit and fruitfulness and abundance of life. And even the sea that was dead, no plants, no animals, which had no life in it before, is now not just full of fish, it's exceedingly many, as it says in the passage. And with that water, not just does it bring abundance and fruitfulness, but it brings healing. I mean, if I'd have been Ezekiel, I would have kind of thought, how can that be possible, even though it's in a vision? Life in abundance, taking what was dead and bringing it to life. But yeah, this is a, a vision for Ezekiel of the future and the restoration of, of Israel and, the, and the, the Messiah to come. But also it has that application for us today. What does it mean as we walk in the shallows, as we go deeper, and as we let go and swim freely in that water? And the challenge for us is, from this passage, do we want to be the person that God actually created us to be? Or do we want to be the person that we're quite comfortable to be? The river in Ezekiel's vision changed everything. Not just the vision for the future, but for now. Everything the river, and in this way the spirit, touched was transformed. And for us, as we come to church every week, as we live our lives day to day, the question is, how do we know the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives in a practical way? And I can say, I, being honest and frank, that, you know, sometimes I really struggle with this. I really struggle with... Uh, you know, I can look at other people and think, oh my goodness, they seem so super spiritual. And they seem so in touch with God. They seem to be hearing from God all the time. And they, you know, why is it my faith like that? Why? I want God to write on the wall. I want him to come down in power and just transform. But what is it that maybe sometimes gets in the way of knowing that transformation that doesn't have to be the dramatic, it can be this simple and quiet and the way in which God fills our lives and helps us to interact with other people in our marriages, in our relationships, in the way we are with our children, the way with we are with our friends. In John 7, verses 37 to 39, it says that anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink, and whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit with those who believed in him were later to receive. The water cleansing and purifying. Water washes away dirt. That's why we wash. That's why we wash things. But what may be sometimes underneath? Can we see that true beauty when something is restored and clean and it's shiny again and new? Or 
Sometimes does it actually reveal the ugliness of our sin and call us to repentance. We know that God's Spirit can heal the brokenhearted, broken dreams, bring healing. But how often do we also ask God to pour out his living water on those areas of our life that are just dry and arid? Why do we feel sometimes so dry, so spiritually numb, or like those dry bones in the earlier chapters of Ezekiel? Perhaps we don't or haven't experienced the life-changing power of the river of God's Spirit in our lives. Maybe we're just a bit too comfortable. Maybe we're ankle waders, yeah? Or ankle paddlers. Stuck in the shallow end, afraid to walk deeper into the waters, to trust God to provide everything for us, to let him lead us completely. If you ask Stephen, he would say, my husband Stephen, am I a control freak? I think I am. And it's hard to let go to let God be the total control in our lives. And when we don't do that, we miss so much of the blessings for that deeper life in him. Or maybe you're on the bank and you're watching. You can see the richness around you. You can see what the Spirit is doing in others. You can see what the the Spirit is doing in other places, in other people. But that's really as far as you get. You want to be a bystander. You don't want to get wet. And the challenge is, are you going to get into that river? Do we want to have that desire more of that living water, of God's Holy Spirit living in our life day by day? Do we want to be swimming in the water when our foot is off the bottom when we no longer can hold on to the secure things we trust in, in our own strength. Ezekiel was at the total mercy of the river. And when you are that deep, you just can't support yourself. And I feel that God, this is what God wants us to bring you and me. He wants us to reach the place where we learn to be totally surrendered to him and his will for our lives, and to know that abundance and that joy of living our lives for him. Just like Ezekiel saw how the the living water brought that transformation and brought abundance. This whole picture is, is more than just that picture of the millennium kingdom we see in Revelation, and what it will be like when Christ returns. It's about the amazing truth of what life can and should be right now in Christ as children of God. The call for us is to seek more of Jesus by the power of his spirit. To really experience that abundance of life he desires for us. Not a problem-free life. Not without its challenges and difficulties. Those will still stay, but they bring that different perspective. 
Today, we need renewal more than ever. We need it personally, we certainly need it nationally, and we certainly need it globally. And it's only when we throw ourselves on the mercy of the river and allow the Spirit of God to have the absolute right of way in our lives that we can experience true and genuine revival. So as we close and we think about that course, that vision of Jesus as the source, as God's source of all things, and as we see that journey and that course of the river, as we grow in depth and maturity and experience of his transforming power, we know that actually we will be brought to a place where we'll be overflowing with life, strength, power, peace, and joy in the midst of all things. So powerful that it can transform us now. It can claim us and eternally change us. But it's a decision, isn't it, these things? It was a decision, even in the vision, Ezekiel could have just stood and watched. Or he could have jumped in. And yet God led him in that way through that journey. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you now, as we've been in this place together, worshipping and spending time and praying and listening to your word, We just pray for your transforming power in our lives, that we would know more of you. But also, Lord, that you would put the spotlight of those things that perhaps while we are dry and feeling arid and barren, that you would bring your healing restoration. Lord, that you would bring new life where at the moment they may feel as there is little life. But Lord, also that you would bring us to that place where we perhaps need to be, by your Spirit, convicted of our sin. And we need to come to a place of repentance. But thank you, Lord, that when we invite you to come, that you are already there and that you journey with us and that we can know your abundance, and that we can live lives that are serving you and knowing you in a deeper, deeper way. Amen. So we're just going to get the band are going to play initially the, the song To the River. That really great uh, song that calls us about To the river I'm going, bring sins I cannot bear. Come and cleanse me. Come, forgive me. Lord, I need to meet you there. And in these waters, healing mercy flows with freedom from despair. I am going to that river. Lord, I need to meet you there.